What's up, family? Joe B. from CrusherCast here. This episode, I'm proud to, to have sat down with my good friend, St. Louis icon, snack cake connoisseur, Shane Presley. Um, if you don't know Shane, you should. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll be, you'll be in love with him like everybody else is. So without further ado, Shane Presley. What's up, family? Joe B. here from Crusher Cast. I, tonight, have the St. Louis Idol. <laughs> I call him Sugar Shane. Sugar Shane Presley of Rock Paper Podcast. Um, Stone Dog Show. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah? I'm a, I'm a reoccurring co-host. A reoccurring co-host? Yeah. Well, thank you for coming out tonight, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Thank it's you. Been, uh, it's been a long time coming. I've been on you forever, to, even before I had a, a podcast to let you interview or let me interview you. Right. Yeah, man. I uh I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so glad that you uh you know, taking the initiative to do this yourself, do your own, you know, your own show now and everything. I'm proud of you, man. You have been mentoring me yeah. behind the scenes yeah. a little bit. Right. <laughs> I thank you for that. It, so what are you on? Rock Paper Podcast. I think I looked yesterday and you're at episode 830. Yeah, that as of we're recording this, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Plus, knowing you, you probably got two in the bucket, two, two in the can uh, waiting. Uh, I'm probably at five or six right now. I've been. See, I'm a little behind. On, that's why you're a pro. <laughs> I, I uh, luckily no, like you know, according uh, as as of right now, like you know, nobody has any shows to promote or anything, so nobody's in any hurry to hurt, get these episodes out, like mm -hmm. or these uh these appearances and stuff. So we're, I've been uh, trying to catch up, but you know, I've been going through. Uh, remodeling my house and everything else right like some things got put on hold for a minute but right but so yeah. how much how much when the corona thing i noticed you kind of made a bit of a shift over to zoom yeah doing your your podcast on zoom how's that working out yeah i mean i've uh i've been back out recording in uh, person uh, again now like for those that feel comfortable with it and of course we still you know can space out and and have a conversation and uh but um that uh but i did zoom for quite a while you know, during the real the heat of it all, and uh, that it was fun. Like it was a challenge trying to learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. And I know we did one over Zoom during that mm -hmm. time. And yep. and once I figured out how to make it the quality pretty close to what I was doing, like I was comfortable with that. But so it took a little bit to work out, but uh, it was fun. I and mean, I'm, I'm glad that it's an option now that I know I can do and I can pull off mm -hmm. because I've I've already um, since learning do also i've linked up with a a couple that plays in new orleans uh my buddy andy from denver area and i uh, also sat down with david Ruprick from supermarket suite so uh so it was like stuff like that like you know wouldn't happen because they're mm -hmm. not here in st louis but yeah. it's nice that i can pull it off over the internet so and more more people feel secure i mean you sure. can go farther up the ladder because you know they're yeah. not coming to some creepy, <laughs> right, <laughs> creepy yeah. warehouse in Bridgeton. You sure. know, so uh, yeah, I've I've been thinking about. I haven't really uh, applied it yet, but I've been thinking after I was able to get David Rupert to do the show. I was thinking, man, this would be kind of fun to catch up with all sorts of people mm -hmm. uh, from my childhood and things, and and uh, so I might be uh, start throwing out a bunch more emails and see what happens. That's cool. Yeah, That's cool. Man. So so who who would be your your holy grail of a guest. If you could get anybody, who would it be? 
I don't, I don't know. Like I get asked that a lot, obviously, I'm you sure. know, because, but like I, there's, it was all sorts of people. Uh, I mean, locally, uh, I've been one of them and I've been trying for a long time and I think I might be getting pretty close to it actually happening. But, uh, being that I, the show's mostly about St. Louis music, mm-hmm. uh, one of that I, has uh, been elusive for me so far is uh story of the year. Ah. And, um, you know, we st- we kind of started pursuing them years ago when my, my buddy Chris was hosting the show with me because mm-hmm. he's a huge fan. So we mm-hmm. were like, that'd be kind of, it'd be fun to sit and talk to some of those guys. And mm-hmm. um, so anyway, I've been working on them, you know, occasionally put a reminder out there. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we finally might be getting close to making that happen. So hopefully I didn't just jinx it, but, you know, <laughs> they're, uh, they're definitely one. And then uh, like, there's a guy I'm a huge fan of. I don't know that like, I, I think it would be f- just fun to sit and pick his brain for an hour and talk about his songs. But uh, I mentioned Will Hogue a lot, and, uh-huh. like, and he's, I just would love to have a conversation with him for a while and and stuff. So I think I, we'll talk afterwards. I think I know somebody who knows him real well. Oh yeah, uh, we have we have a lot of uh, mutual mutual friends yeah. and stuff. I mean, I think it's it's an achievable goal. I'm sure, yeah. but like it's just a matter of coordinating it, and making it actually making happen. it all happen. Yeah. So. yeah. So, you know my podcast. You know what it's about. Oh, yeah. Ordinary people, inspired lives. And I'm starting with the people who inspire me. You know that part, too. And you're one of those people. So, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit here, and I'm going to tell you why. All right. <laughs> okay? And you can just sit and take it, okay? And then we'll get into you a minute minute or so later. Yeah. Um. Once again, you're just somebody that I started seeing around. Um, you know, St. Louis music scene, I'd, I'd see you out in the crowd. You're a little bit taller than everybody else, and I'd see you doing your signature, getting down, you right. know? And I'm like, that dude's pretty good. And you're always smiling. Every time I saw you, you're always smiling. Yeah. And uh, then I started seeing your podcast pop up. And I can't remember if we asked you to be on your podcast or you asked us or whatever. But anyway... Uh, Divide the Empire came on your podcast and started getting to know you a little bit and uh, come to find out you're one of the sweetest, most honest, genuine guys I've ever met in and around the St. Louis music scene. And that's rare. Um, And why it's rare is I've never heard you say anything negative about anyone ever. Ever. Behind the scenes, just me and you stand out by a fireworks tent in the middle of the night eating right. donuts. Never. Never. Um, I can't say that. Um, your positivity, your wit, and your consistency, man. There was a time when shows were going on everywhere. There'd be eight, nine good shows in St. Louis in one night. Yeah. And you'd hit four or five of them. I'd see pictures. I'd see you at a show <laughs> sure. we're at, and then I'd see you over at another show just supporting. Yeah. Why? Because you're passionate about it, you know? And I like to party. I like to party. <laughs> and you love pizza. <laughs> right. And uh, um, that inspired me, you know, um, because you just did your thing. And uh, come to find out you got a day job. You've got a beautiful wife, Stacy. You've got this whole life. Here, you're spending your nights out with us, enjoying the music, 
and then turning around and promoting and helping all us musicians get somewhere, you know? And uh, that's inspirational to me. Yeah, man. Thank you. Because you do it because you're passionate about the music and the people. And uh, on the, the flip side of never hearing you say anything negative <laughs> about anyone, I have never heard anyone say anything negative, anything other than that they absolutely love you in the St. Yeah. Louis music scene and beyond. You know, and uh, I just want to say thank you and thank you for inspiring me. And it always does my heart good. I know there for a while you were busy and we didn't get to see you at many shows, but looking out and seeing you in the crowd and seeing you getting down, seeing your smile, it was always, always a highlight of my, of my night. Anyways. Well, thank you, Joe. Appreciate that, man. Make a guy feel good. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know first and foremost, what was it like growing up little Shaney? Well, I was never really little. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I've always been uh, a big kid. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, we, we grew up um, small town. Went, went, well, we used to be small town. Winsville? Not, not, not so small anymore. But, yeah, I grew up in Winsville. Been there all my life. And uh, uh, dad, dad worked uh, construction and worked a lot of side job stuff, trying to do all he could to provide for me and my brother, you know, and mom, uh, was, uh, going to school and working, um, McDonald Douglas at the time. Oh, wow. and, um, so uh, she wasn't around a whole lot. Um, so both of them were, you know, really doing a lot of work to improve themselves and provide a better life for me and my brother, but good and, childhood. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, like I don't have like any like real bad memories mm -hmm. or anything, but but it forced us, with those two uh, not at home a lot, forced us to grow up quick. I mean, I remember, and it was a passion of mine too, but I remember having, you know, being young and having to cook our own dinners and stuff because, you know, mom and mom and dad got home late and everything else. So mm -hmm. obviously cooking has always been a, a passion for years, and but that's where it started at. And like I'd make dinners for me and my brother and, and have it ready to go when mom and dad got home and stuff. So How many siblings? Just one brother. Just one brother? Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, he's uh like two and a half years younger. And okay. uh but uh yeah, we so um but you know, of course uh through all that, through you know, not uh you know, shit happens or whatever, but they they their relationship failed and they divorced uh when uh, I was about sixteen and so that was also tough trying to get through that and learn uh learn how to, you know balance the two now that we have a so so stayed with mom uh yeah well like i started with stayed with dad for a while and then uh he uh started dating another girl we moved in another house and and then uh i didn't just kind of got tired of the situation and went to stay with mom and then i stayed with her for um a, you know since then so Mm -hmm. uh or until i got my own place and mm -hmm. but uh yeah i don't know i think it was a lot of that like being that uh at the time mom left you know she she had to get out of the situation and so i think it was easy to blame her being that she left the house even though i don't blame her now like i realize you know the situation she was in and why she had to leave but mm -hmm. you know at the time like when you're when he was just there with dad you you start you it's easy to point fingers and that she's yeah. the one not there and so yeah 
so it was really tough but like again it part of having to grow up quick after that and i started working a full-time job at 16 and and going to school so um you know that's always been uh been the thing i think grades grades really started to slip then because i was working all the time too mm-hmm. and and I, I was still trying to like go to every football game i was writing for the school paper and oh, you know doing all the extra curric- journalist yeah doing mm-hmm. all this extracurricular stuff instead of worrying about my yeah. my schoolwork. so were you as passionate about music then as you are now where did, uh, where, where did music start making its yeah, impact? In, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, growing up, dad and mom played a ton of music. What were they listening to? A lot of uh, blues and southern rock, and dad occasionally had some, like, classic country type of stuff. Um, you know, I, I mentioned a lot, but, like, uh, Skinner and Allman Brothers and ZZ Top uh, were definitely on heavy rotation. Mm-hmm. And uh, mom got into more clapped in and bb king mm-hmm. uh bluesy stuff like that uh but i remember dad had like a conway twitty box set so I remember, <laughs> well who didn't yeah so i remember <laughs> singing a lot of those songs which in Hello, turn darling. yeah in turn like now listening to them as an adult i'm like man these are some dirty songs like they uh <laughs> i'm like i was like it's just so weird that i was singing these songs as a kid like right. you know tight fitting jeans and whatever yeah. and st- uh yeah. slow hand and i mean they're all like they're all filthy songs um but uh yeah so there was a lot of that and then i remember um buying a lot of you know albums and stuff i remember i think one of my first christmas uh when cds started coming around obviously uh i remember asking my parents for uh some albums and i the first three that i recall from that 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 my own stuff was uh uh, aerosmith greatest hits Mm -hmm. Uh, Pearl Jam, Vitology, and uh, now were these vinyl or were these? No, this they were CDs. CDs. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, I can't think of what the third one is now, but I remember like getting with like three of them for Christmas that year uh-huh. to start my collection, and uh-huh. um, yeah, and so and then uh, like um, so that was like really where the music started. Uh, mm-hmm. I then I it continued to grow. I became like the guy. I've, like I had a DJ parties and stuff in middle school and stuff mm-hmm. because I was the guy that had the most CDs. Right. And I had, did you have the notebook? Oh, I had the, the little... yep, I had several binders <laughs> and I had my did... CD visor on the, uh, on the, uh, on the, in the car when I started uh-huh. driving and stuff. And, uh-huh. um, so yeah, I just, uh, I was telling a story the other day, actually, there's a, there was a memory, um, seventh eighth grade something like that in that era where you know we all start uh getting boyfriends and girlfriends for the first time kind of kind of thing and i remember um they all wanted to like slow dance of course and uh and like the only slow song i remember having in my binder was uh seals kiss from a rose uh-huh. and i was like the only i mean it's not even like that much slow song but that was like the only thing i had slow that was enough. like yeah, i was like so slow enough for remember, teenagers yeah I remember, <laughs> I remember having to play it a couple of times at that party and stuff yeah. so like but uh so you were djing djing huh i mean i was for just, what it was i was just sitting there changing cds out i wasn't uh uh-huh. you know doing much but like i i kept the party going and mm-hmm. so i think there's probably a metaphor in there somewhere for my life like you know to keep keeping the party yeah going. so <laughs> playing the music and but um yeah so that's a really like where it all kind of got going for me as far as like just a fan of music and mm-hmm. I remember my cousin Jeff uh 
he started introducing me to some other some different things in his car. Like I remember the first time I hear hearing uh, Pink Floyd's "Dark uh, the Wall" record, mm-hmm. and uh, which I was like, you know, it was different. I, I, I don't recall Dad. I mean, he probably did, but it just didn't. It was a memory for that. And then, right. Um, and then I'm also he and also introduced me to Easy E and NWA. Oh, so I <laughs> was another one of the first. Uh, records i remember going to the uh-huh. flea market and buying with my own money and uh-huh. i was buying an easy e record and at a and i was like 10 or something like that you know and i was like i just laugh about it now that i'm like this this is a you know parental advisory and everything else all over this record and like the, the guy at the flea market sold it to some little kid to, right so <laughs> yeah but I, th- I think musically you're you're a lot like I am. They're pretty diverse in oh, yeah. what you listen to. I mean, I'll listen to anything. If oh, it yeah. catches my ear, I'll listen to it. So I've always appreciated that. When uh, about the time of the divorce, you said you're about sixteen or so. Yeah. Was there any like mentors or or guiding forces in your life at that time? Any mm. like? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm definitely like, di- I I was. You know, my dad's always uh, early on. Like, it was definitely a big mentor. I mean, like he he did a lot to to provide and to you know. Obviously, we had a nice home. We hadn't. I mean, always had uh, new pair of shoes for school or whatever. You know, and like he definitely did all he could to make sure we were taken care of and stuff. We you know we had a very good um, in that sense. Uh, so to see that kind of stuff, like really made me you know know that i had to work hard for the the things mm-hmm. that i wanted and mm-hmm. to be able to have nice things so mm-hmm. that that's where i think a lot of my work ethic comes from that uh is just from watching him and mm-hmm. so yeah um but uh yeah and then i remember in high school there was a my freshman year got into high school and i'm i met uh our it was my sophomore year uh and i met a guy named scott swafford who was our used to be uh our football coach and track coach and stuff and at the time i met him though he'd kind of stepped away from that and he was just uh teaching health and and um he was also part of their um um uh another like organization in their school but he so i got to hang with him quite a bit and for a while at just like at the beginning of the year it wasn't like we our relationship was even that long but he uh has been very impactful and he uh him and his wife they used to always say they lived their life uh five and five they they would always say that five and five was like their slogan for everything live this five like your last five type of thing whatever it's five minutes five hours whatever kind of you know like but just live in the moment essentially and and he uh i remember it was early on in the school year and he's going through his rap about like you know, this, this living life. And like, he's like, somebody calls you up and says, Hey, I got Cardinal tickets uh, or something like that. Like take the moment, go have fun, you know, forget about the homework. You can make it up to me later type of thing. And Mm -hmm. like, so he was, and, and then, uh, he ended up having a a massive heart attack and passed away over the weekend, uh, and never came back. And we, you know, as as sad as it was, it like really drove his message home. I mean, and and still like I think about it today. Like, I mean, this mm-hmm. is a guy that was so full of life, and uh, you know, was telling everybody else to live life, and then all of a sudden he's gone. And um, you know, he was uh, 
it, it was a big part of it, man. Like why I want to do, why I do, why I do as much as I do. You know, you're talking about going to the concerts all the time and and that kind of stuff. I think that's a lot of where that kind of started because I was like, uh, you know, I just want to pack as much fun stuff in mm-hmm. while I can, you know, before I before I'm gone. So is that going to all those shows and having a career and having a wife? Um, is there a time when maybe that's, I know (laughs) it's been a problem in my, my personal life before where got a bunch of shows to go to, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, there, it can cause problems at home. Is that ever being Uh, that busy? Is that ever, that ever? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't, uh, you know, like, but there's, I do, uh, maybe there's times I do too much, but I do try to make sure to keep it balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very important to me, um, you know, but there's there's times where I'm probably way too much and I, I uh, you know, things, our relationship might suffer or we have a talk and, you know, and I, <laughs> I realize that yeah. I'm like, I need to make some changes and stuff. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to dial it back some and make sure, you know, I, uh, again, always been trying to get, Make sure we have our date night and stuff yep. like that, where we go out and do stuff, to, fun stuff together. But you know, it, it is it's just uh, sometimes it's tricky when you're balancing. Both of us were working two jobs, oh, wow. and I was yeah. trying to do the podcast and trying to go to shows, and mm-hmm. you know, so. But both of us are. Um, you guys seem really happy. Yeah, we're both down to one job now, and like <laughs> so, things it's a lot different today than it, uh-huh. so. Um, yeah, I always had to. I like you. We'd end up having a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and it'd be like, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm, yeah, I'm All right. Um, and I'd end up comp- what I call compartmentalizing. I'd say, okay, this day is yours. Right. You know, no, nobody else. I'll turn it off. It's all you, you know. Yeah. And uh, it seems to help, you know. Yeah. And it's it. necessary for grounding, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, like it was uh, like nothing ever got real bad, but yeah, just there, you know, you get. Uh, and it's just tricky too, because we also work different hours. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, so, but yeah, it's, it's very important to me to, to make it work and stuff. I mean, I, I've, yeah. I watched my parents' relationship fail and I was like, well, that's one of my biggest goals is not to let that happen to mine. So well, you guys uh, seem really happy. Yeah. Things are good, man. We, yeah. we have a lot of fun together and, um, Looks like it. you know, we, we don't always uh, have the same interests and things. Obviously, like she's not as into the music as I am. She, mm-hmm. she, uh, she likes some. You know, she likes the shows, like the she. But all her shows are expensive ones that are hundred dollar tickets. Uh, you know, Garth, so Bro- what? Garth Brooks and Shania Twain and all this stuff. So she's a country fan. Oh, is yeah, that- yeah. And she, I mean, she likes a lot of different stuff. But, um, but yeah, those are the ones. Like I remember taking to her recently and stuff and. We had tickets for Alanis Morissette this year, and that one got canceled. But mm-hmm. it was like everything. But did it get canceled or rescheduled? Uh, rescheduled. Well, yeah, rescheduled till next summer. But next summer. Yeah. So, um, but that was another one we were looking forward to going together and Brooks and Dunn and things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, we do uh, we do find shows that we agree on, but she doesn't like. You know, again, she's not as into it as I am. She's good for a couple of year compared to me. A, couple of nights sometimes so mm-hmm. she keep you grounded yeah with definitely. your she can tell you're a st louis icon yeah <laughs> she keep keep you grounded right yeah yeah that's man. cool i know uh 
Is your dad still around? Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have the best of relationship. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly where and when or what happened, but we don't we don't talk a whole lot anymore, and it's uh, it's a shame. I wish it was different, and I don't know. I don't really know what to do about it, how to make it right, but so there's always time. Yeah, hopefully. But yeah, it's uh, it's difficult. Uh, you know, families are hard. Um, yeah. So. And you lost your mom not too long ago, right? Yeah, that was real hard, man. Like, was that your was that your dark time? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think uh, you know, you kind of asked me about that, and like, and that was that's kind of I feel like I'm either in it or just getting out. Like, I mean, like, so mom, mom was my person. You know, that was like she was after she retired. Like, we hung out all the time. We would uh, go, which again, like we didn't have, it wasn't like we got to have those experiences a lot whenever um, I was younger because she was working all the time and I was working all the time and things. And But uh, we really, once she had a lot of more free time, we connected on going to live music a lot more. And, mm-hmm. and she loved meeting all my friends and supporting all their music now and, and going to any of my shows that I put on and stuff. She would always be there in her in her shirt and telling everybody that, you know, she's my mama and all that, you know, she was like, you know, she was definitely, uh, just loving every minute of that. And, uh-huh. um, and then, uh, you know, we, we had, so we had a lot of fun and like, and then, uh, June of, uh, 2019, she, uh, well, I guess it probably started in May, but June is when we, things, uh, really got diagnosed and she, that she had, um, stage four brain cancer and uh she had a started with a brain tumor and the tumor was diagnosed as cancerous and that's in um and it was uh it was pretty quick after that man they they she did a she did a brain surgery in uh june 17th and i remember uh my birthday is 19th and i was like you know we were all kind of wondering like is she gonna be all right. What's going to, what, mm-hmm. you know, are we going to, she going to be able to recover from that or is this it or what? And I was like, if she tells me happy birthday, like then I'll know everything's going to be all right kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I was back at work on the 19th and I remember, uh, kind of getting bummed out that I didn't get a call that day. Uh, I went down to talk to her and stuff, but I didn't, um, she was kind of out of it still and I hang out down there for a while. But, Remember the twentieth, I go back to work and then I get a call that morning, and uh, her nurses said that she wanted to talk to me and and uh, that you know she wanted to say happy birthday, and I was like just broke down and started crying, and yeah. I was like so it was uh it was really tough, man, like just to to watch that all kind of happen the way it did. Mm-hmm. So, so how long was it from the diagnosis to to when? Uh, she passed on uh, December third, so mm-hmm. uh, I mean. We didn't, yeah, five months. Uh, yeah. So it was quick. And, um, yeah, it was really tough to watch, like, because, you know, when they did the surgery, we thought maybe we had a chance to, like, mm-hmm. that things were going to get better. But uh, it bounced right back. And, like, we – so it was a struggle for a long time trying to deal with the chemo and the radiation and stuff. We gave it all a try, and just nothing was yeah. doing it. And so we just watched her shrivel up and stuff, and it was so sad. Yeah, that, my uh, my dad he uh, he had a he was at work and he was drinking a soda and uh, 
he said it was weird because he noticed the more soda he drank, the heavier the can got. And he thought that was odd, and he went to stand up, and, and his whole right side went paralyzed. And they thought he had a stroke. And uh, so they were treating him as a stroke patient. Well, come to find out it was brain cancer, mm. you know, causing the strokes, you know. Yeah. And, but he made it about a year and a half. And, uh, yeah, it, it was life-changing, absolutely life-changing watching him. Like you said, you said it very well, shrivel away. Yeah. You know, cancer is an ugly, ugly thing. You know, yeah. no death is pretty, but I don't know. So I've heard some people say, you know, I wish that they would just go. You know, it's easier if they just go like this, but then is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Or the long drawn out, you know, we just got to take it. Well, especially something like brain cancer, like, and I think, and not to, they're different, but I, it was sort of relatable to an Alzheimer's or anything else that I've, I have any brain injury like that where she's there, but I can't, you can't have really have a conversation with her or, you know, and none mm -hmm. of it was making sense what she's saying and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff like that. So there was some days like right after the surgery and different, you know, along that time, but there was for the most part, uh, those last, you know, five months of her life, like we didn't really get to. Have a conversation at all or anything, so yeah, yeah. Towards towards the end on dad, it was that way, but for the most part, it was it, it affected him a little bit different. There was an anger that came out all of a sudden, and mm -hmm. we don't know if it was you know because of the lesions in the brain or if it was just he was mad. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But I mean, and we got he, a little bit of that too. He got yeah. so so vicious, you know, and uh, but he was so weak. It wasn't like he could really do anything, but he had a <laughs> a vicious yeah. tongue, you know, and uh, but but yeah, yeah that. That's one of the darker times of my life, you know, yeah. all, all the stuff I've been through. So for sure, I was like, and then I'm of course like through that time, and then immediately after, like a lot of, you know, I was I was in a very depressed kind of. I mean, I did my best to to but stay, I'm, yeah, to stay normal. Um, you know, I went to a lot of, I still try to go to a lot of shows, and of course, like it's never easy because then when you do go to a show, everybody's like. Hey, you know, brings it up and it's just like, man, I just want to kind of escape from it for, you know, yeah. an hour. Um, but you know, I've, I appreciate all my friends, but it's just, sometimes you don't, you didn't want to talk about it at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, uh, yeah. So there was a lot of that. And then there was times where it was just days you didn't, couldn't even get out of bed, man. It's like, you just, uh, I was gonna, I was so excited to go see all my buddies at ink spot. And I, the one at the power sports, yeah, Central power sports. and I couldn't do it. I couldn't, uh, yeah, I noticed I just, you weren't there. Yeah, so I had plans to be there and the day before, and it just got day of. I just, uh, it was one of those days, Couldn't man. Yeah, it's just like, and they, it just kind of comes out of nowhere, you know, just kind of yep. one day it'll hit you and you can't, you feel like you're, uh, you know, like a wet blanket over you or something like that, and you just can't seem to get anywhere. And, mm. um, but uh, so there was a lot of those days during that time and um, feel I'm in a much better place today, but still got a lot of work to do. And yeah, you but, still talk to mom. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, I've talked about it too. Like how there's uh, there's been some weird dreams, man. Like I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know what I really believe as far as all the you know paranormal type of stuff and all that. But there I just is, asked if you talked to her. Yeah, but I'm, but like <laughs> you, you know, know like I mean? I, but if you talk to people, like they they'll tell they'll start explaining some things or talking mm -hmm. about what they they believe and i don't know how much of that i but like some i've had some really weird dreams where like where i feel like 
she's spoke to me or some kind of thing. Like, you know, there's been some, I don't know, but they're all, they're what's, what's comforting about all those is that all of those dreams, she seems, she's happy. And she's Mm -hmm. like, like one, I I remember, uh, she's like, uh, and some like nice, like evening gown and Mm -hmm. hair done and makeup and all that kind of thing. And like, so it's like, well, that's good. At least I can remember her like that in those dreams and stuff. And, Mm -hmm set of you know the other stuff so yeah yeah i know i i mean i've got all kinds of beliefs on other things but <clears throat> i can remember i was flying down the highway one time and uh i just felt like my life was falling apart and it was within a year after the old man passed and um i radio was off in the car and i was just flying down the highway and i was just all up in my head and i you know i just i said uh i said well i hope you're proud of me old man I hope you're proud of me. And uh, and it wasn't like I heard his voice or anything like that or looked over like it is in a movie and he's sitting next to me giving me some sage advice. But um, certain memories started coming back that I'd almost forgot about, you know, as I'm going down the road. And it was almost like like he was saying, you know what, you got this, kid. You yeah. know, you're doing all right, you know. And uh, so in that way, you know, so in times now I – <laughs> I talk to him all the time, you know, I don't, sure. I don't walk around talking to him, but you know, I talk to him and whether he hears me or not, you yeah. know, who knows, but I feel like he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mother's day, I sat out on the porch and had a beer with her and yeah, you know, just, it's what she liked to do. She liked cold beer. And what was her favorite beer? Uh, she was, uh, usually like a, just Bud Light or, Bud Light. or, uh, select or something, you know, uh, but uh, she, St. Louis girl. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was uh that's how I, I'm not real big on it, but yeah. you know, I figured that would be my way I can connect with her and have a beer with her. Right on. Right so, on. so what uh favorite? I gotta ask you the cliche. You probably get these questions all the time. It's because you are who you are. <laughs> Your funniest, weirdest podcast moment. Uh. Well, all right, definitely the weirdest, um, and it was fun, but and funny, but uh, so we uh, we made plans, me and some guys uh, from around town. They were putting on a show, and they wanted to promote the show, and uh, we made plans to meet, and they they were gonna take mushrooms and then do the podcast, and I was like, yeah, whatever. If you guys want to do that, I don't care. I'll pl- I'll press record. Uh-huh. And uh, the day of the recording, it snowed like crazy. And I remember getting out of work and trying to make it down to town. And I was like, this is not happening. Like, And I was like, people are wrecking all over out here, already out here. And I'm like, uh, I was like, I'm not going to make it, guys. And uh, they were all like, uh, uh, <laughs> the the deed's already been done. <laughs> and And I'm like, well, if you guys can record it, I'll air it. Uh-huh. If you could figure some other way to do that. And they were like, um, so they were like, well, we got a limited time to work with here, so we'll figure it out. And they, they were able to record it. And I was under the assumption just kind of like, you guys record it and I'll put it up without uh-huh. me being involved. Uh-huh. Uh, but they decided to plug in a phone and call me on speakerphone. Uh-huh. So I'm on the couch at the house and I'm <laughs> uh, conducting the show through speakerphone while they're all in the With same five room. guys that they're, are they, they all up. they were all able to make it yeah uh-huh. and they yeah, of course they all start 
uh, you know, start seeing some things and uh, <laughs> and having a good time and laughing and stuff. So, what episode number is that one? Uh, I don't remember what number. It's called uh, it's called Holiday Honky Tonk Hootin' Nanny. Uh, okay. So they're all like a bunch of look that one. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely entertaining. So, but uh, yeah, it, it sounds really good for the fact that I'm not even there. Like I was kind of surprised at how it was going to turn out because on the phone it doesn't sound that great, but the recording wise it uh-huh. was really nice. So yeah, it was uh, you, it was fun, man. But that was definitely one of the most strangest ones I've ever mm-hmm. been a part of. So. You ever been awestruck by a celebrity? Uh, I mean, there's definitely times where I have to pinch myself that I'm like, this is this is crazy that this is uh, real life, you know? I mean, obviously, uh, it started uh, early on in the show with, um, I think, episode five with Steve Ewing, mm-hmm. and I've become buddies with him, obviously, through through music and a, my being a big fan of his uh, hot dog shop, so mm-hmm. uh, we uh, we became friends, and... So it's not like it's crazy to think about now, but at the time, like, I mean, Steve's a big deal, man. He's, he's a, a St. Louis celebrity. For sure. Yeah. And like, I was a big fan, or I am a big fan, when like, but like just a opportunity to sit and talk with him was really great. And then um, one of like the most like rock star ones I can think of that was like pretty wild was uh, I ran into Devin Allman one night downtown at Oyster Bar. He came in and had dinner the band and then uh he goes hey you want to come over to my house tomorrow and do a podcast on my tour bus and i'm like yep yeah sounds pretty cool and uh so i sat there with uh devin allman and Dwayne betts uh both of whose fathers were in the allman brothers band mm-hmm. so i'm like you know one degree of separation away from rock and roll royalty and yeah, stuff here right. and like so it was a real surreal moment to like be sitting in there and doing that and um so that was fun. Like this, kind of get myself into weird moments like that, where I'm like, "How, how did I get here? How does how is this possible?" So, mm-hmm. but it's fun, man. It's part of the journey. It's, it's fun to see where this thing takes me. Right. So I'll put you on the spot now. Now, yeah. Any bad ones? Any ones where? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, there's it happens. I mean, there's definitely some that never aired. That press the delete button when you're done, and. Um, one of those, I mean, funny enough, though, one of them is uh, with Devin Allman. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we were trying to do one of his first appearances. Oh, he we talked about doing it after the show at Gramophone, and I'm like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Like, mm-hmm. just you know, last thing you want to do after playing a show is sit down and talk to some guy on an interview. Yeah, and so I was like, but if that's what you want, I'll I'll be there. We'll do it, and we tried it, and. It was one of my earliest ones, like by myself. So mm-hmm. early on, we I did the show with Chris, and so it was I, he kind of took the lead on a lot of stuff, and so I was already nervous the fact that I'm by myself and I'm with Devin Allman, and there was an audience of like other people just hanging out from the other bands and stuff, mm-hmm. or so uh, it just wasn't a good atmosphere at all to, to try mm-hmm. to do an interview. Yeah, and after we got done, we were both like, yeah. We should probably redo this one, and and um, we end up making it happen a little bit later, and make and it worked out much better. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the case. Usually, if any of them have ever gone bad, and we tried it again, it always worked out much better the second time anyway, and stuff. And but I always chalk it up to like it's not necessarily, um, you know, us. It's just some people. We're humans, man. Everybody yeah. has off days. We, you know, I'm 
some days I'm not on my game, some days they're not, and vice versa, you know, whatever. So it's like, uh, but there's usually a reason why it works out better the second time. And yeah. So what? Uh, for those that don't know, those outside of St. Louis, you got to be outside of St. Louis if you don't know. But uh, what's what's Rock Paper Podcast? How did it start, and where's it at now? Uh, well, started just as a goofy idea, man. Like we. Uh, did you start with music as a topic? Yeah, I mean, uh, the episode, uh, so when we had the idea, it was always like, well, I have these friends in music, like we can start talking to them. And it was two of you. Yeah, it was me and Chris, and Chris had more of a radio background. I had actually uh, studied in, in school for doing a little bit of radio stuff. So, um, so initially the idea was like, I was listening to a ta- lot of podcasting. Uh, I remember... I was first introduced to podcasts through Jay Larson, who was a uh, comic, and we come through the Funny Bone, and he's like, hey, check out my podcast, The Crab Feast. And at the time, I was working evenings, and I listened to a lot on my headphones and stuff, and I always looking for something new to listen to. And when I discovered his show, I was like, well, I already like Jay. And so I started listening to the show, and it was a new episode every Tuesday, so I got into a routine like of always looking forward to the new episode. And and uh and i got hooked man and i was like these guys always just sound like they're having so much fun mm-hmm. and i was like i want to do that and one day chris was like anybody want to do a podcast and i'm like yeah that sounds cool let's do it and mm-hmm. so i was like they got these friends in music we can start talking to them and the first couple of episodes first one was just us like catching up a little bit and like and after that we had a couple friends and then i think like five of us that was like steve ewing so that's when we really kind of started solidifying ourselves and and what we were doing and and kind of helped put us on the map as making it legit and stuff and um but yeah so it's always been music and comedy i mean we i tried to keep a pretty good mixture in there and I've, and those other interesting people i always say too like mm-hmm. i'm always down to having a good conversation with anybody that mm-hmm. has something to talk about so so what what happened with Chris? Did he just move on? Or? Yeah, he, uh, he wasn't as into the music as much as I was. You know, he was a he also had a second child during that time of the mm-hmm. the first year, so got busy being dad and you know right. and things and work trying to work and you just so wasn't he kind of lost a little steam on it and he wasn't like in as into the music as much as I was, so he wasn't able to go to these shows and meet these people beforehand. So a lot of times he was meeting them for the first time on the on the show and he felt he was started phoning it in and just kind of mm-hmm. decided that be the time to step away. And so oh, I thought maybe there was going to be like a behind the music nah, later yeah. on years later. No, we're, we're still great friends. Oh, okay. uh, he came back on, I think on like the hundredth episode and, oh, cool. and we caught up and you know, we, uh, and f- I think maybe 500 also we, uh, so every now and then we get back together and record and stuff. That's and cool. So yeah, we still talk a lot and we, um, he we he hosts a WrestleMania party every year, so I go over to the house and watch watch wrestling. Wrestling, yeah, that's cool. So you you've got your formula, you know, you've got music, um, you know, local celebrities. Um, where do you see Rock Paper Podcast going, or do you even focus on it? You just do the next podcast and keep rolling. Pretty much. I mean, I got ideas. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see what I can continue to build this brand into. But essentially I look at the podcast as a great networking tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've said it for years. It's a lot easier to hang out with somebody that 
you respect and want to get to know a little bit more about or or you're a fan of or anything when you have a show if you want to say hey you want to hang out and do a podcast it's a lot better than hey you want to just hang out and like and right. just so <laughs> i've got to come sit on my yeah, sofa right. and eat Jesus. yeah so <laughs> i've got to meet all sorts of people and like again i just it's it's a great introduction and icebreaker and I've, a lot of times i am meeting people for the first time on the mic and stuff just people i want to get to know more about and mm. so it's a whole lot of fun and i like i said i use it for that but i mean eventually one day it'd be fun to do more with it i mean i don't know if it's necessarily the podcast but i i have dreams of you know opening a venue maybe someday or something like that and getting mm -hmm. more involved with music and mm -hmm. being able to see what what else i can do with this and stuff so yeah so i know i know now you not only are you the host producer yeah. of rock paper podcast you're co-hosting on uh gabe's show stone dog show yeah um, you've been hosting the uh, singer-songwriter showcase right. uh, at various different venues. You're at the Naked Vine now, aren't you? Yeah, I've been at Naked Vine for two years. We've two years, uh, yeah, it a, been That's a, a monthly showcase. We haven't done one since March, obviously, with everything mm -hmm. shut down. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I'm really proud of that. Like, I did, uh, I've done a couple of shows. I did the birthday shows every year. Uh, there's a big celebration for the podcast, just mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I started, uh, I was like, I love this kind of show, the sing acoustic singer songwriters, storytelling. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so I started that up on a, and I was like, and it went really well. The first, the first two I did at the Monocle, we tried over there and it, then it didn't work out. And then we, but we found a home at Naked Vine and Brian's been super supportive of it. And, um, and I've had three different, uh, except one we did, or two of them, we did four people mm -hmm. on there. So, but for the most part, it's three and I haven't had a single repeat in two, two years. So it was like, been like 80, some 90 artists or whatever across nice. the stage. And, and, uh, so I pride myself on offering a lot of different variety and a lot of different you know, mm -hmm. stuff. So either by genres or whatever, just mm -hmm. whatever you're into. So, and I like to, again, I use that as a networking tool. Although a lot of times I put three writers that don't know, even know each other on the same show and so they can meet and hopefully inspire them to want to uh, collaborate and create some new music together and stuff. So you're just inspiring people everywhere i'm trying man I'm trying and also i noticed that you you are now a band manager yeah how's that going that's a uh, well it's weird now like obviously as soon well, as yeah we, as soon as we announced it and then all of a sudden the world shut down so it's uh that has that's you know still to be uh determined but I'm, we've been working behind the scenes trying to make them some things happen but yeah i manage a group called uh spank on you which uh is uh, our front man spanky uh he's uh He's been around forever in the St. Louis music, doing a lot of dueling piano stuff, and he's been uh, in a lot of other bands, but he's never had his own band. So this mm -hmm. was his... Uh, this is all original music they're writing? Well, we're, we're the first couple of shows, we've only done two shows now. Uh -huh. uh, we did one right for in February, and we did we tried doing one uh, that went, went well um, at Naked Vine just a little while back. and mm -hmm. and um, But it was, you know, it's weird trying to do the whole social distancing concert yeah. thing and yeah. so um so what what genre would they if you had to put them in one we we call it an organ trio uh you know it's just funky feel good music uh dance kind of music and uh the covers we do are a lot of uh pop songs that you would know but kind of more funky interpretations of them that uh, yeah 
And so, yeah, it's just a three-piece uh, organ, drums, and bass, and, uh-huh. and it's uh, really entertaining. It's a good time, and, but it gets people up moving and feeling good, and, and that's what we strive to do. And, uh, but the goal, like I said, right now it's a lot of covers as we're building up things, but we, we already started working on originals, and hope, the goal is to hopefully cut a record by the, before the end of the year and, and then have, have that material to go out in 2021 with, uh, mm-hmm. with the new record and stuff. So Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, so two, two huge questions for you. Bring it. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Here's my Charlie Rose impersonation. Two big <laughs> questions. Okay. Uh, first one. Desert Island. You get one snack. Oh, geez. For the rest of your life. Now we're talking. But you can have as much of it as you want. Which snack are we having? Man. Uh, it's probably a... All right. I'll say double-decker fudge round. Because they are delicious. And I'm, I keep plugging, hoping that Little Debbie's will sponsor my show one of these days. Uh, somehow, like, I, I'm a fan, obviously. And then, of course, uh, I posted about it once on social media yeah. or twice, whatever it was. And, and all of a sudden, it made it into our theme song now. Like, uh-huh. uh, Dub, Dub Flow did the, the rap and threw it in there. And I laughed so hard the first time I heard that. That's great. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then, of course, I embraced it and I started making... Uh, I made myself a, like a little Debbie logo with my face on it, and it's beautiful. And uh, sight so, to behold. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I was gonna say, I think uh, the oatmeal cream pie is probably a close second, right behind that. So, see that that's yeah. where my heart is. Yeah. Yeah. There, that and honey buns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan. They're all good, uh-huh. but that's a that's a tough tough call there. Okay. So, second question. It's your last few minutes of life and you've got one message to pass on to those that are going to still be here after you're gone hmm. what's that message um probably support local music man that's uh yeah but it's like i believe in it man we there's so much you know and i'm sure every city probably feels the same way you know i mm-hmm. there's probably some of that but i really believe that what we have going on in here in St. Louis is, you know, belongs all over your radio belongs, you know, talked about a lot more than it is. And we're, and, um, so what is it about live music for you? Is it that energy? Is it the cares fall away? Or I mean, what, what is, there's a little bit of all that. Like, uh, I feel like, you know, I kind of talked about some of that earlier with some of the darker times, some of the, anytime I ever feel that way, like, I feel like, uh, when I do go to a show, I can kind of forget about it all for an hour or two. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's really be kind of became the thing where it's like, I'll try to, that's what makes me happy, you know, going to live shows. And it's like, well, I'll just do that all the time then, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, so that's what I started trying to do and trying to pack as much of it into my life and, and, um, either talking about it or going to shows and as much as possible. And, and uh, so, yeah, that was kind of my way of like trying to outrun the the darkness, you know. So, right. Um, but uh, there, so there's a lot of that, and it's just the interactions. Like the I've met some of the coolest people, you know. I met you through music and everybody else. All these guys that, mm-hmm. and all these guys have become some of my best friends, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's 
so much fun that, that we have this like family around St. Louis music now. And I can, everywhere I go, when I go into these clubs, uh, you know, Broadway Oyster Bar is a big one, a big part of my life too. And, and every time I walk in the door there, it's hugs and high fives all the time. And it just makes a guy feel good. You know, it's like when you're surrounded by music, great live music and all your buddies. And, and, uh, so that's where I, I feel at home, you know? Yeah. It's like, you're like, you're like Norm from Cheers. Yeah, everywhere, right. everywhere, every club you go into, <laughs> Norm, Shane. <laughs> I used to, uh, uh, Funny Bone used to be that way real bad. Like I was there all the time and uh -huh. that was like, and that was definitely like my Cheers. Like, I mean, I still big fan. I just don't make it down there as often, but yeah, now it's kind of become oyster bars like that for me now. And uh, especially with working there, you know, two, two nights a week when I was, when things were going, but, uh, yeah, it's, it feels good though. I mean. It's nice to sometimes, sometimes it's nice, but then other times you don't want to, you don't necessarily want to get recognized. You just kind of want to be a, a fan for the night or whatever it is. But it is, uh, it does feel good when, when somebody spots you and wants to say hi and, uh -huh. and stuff. But I've never been one of those guys that like was out there looking for it. You know, I didn't, yeah. I don't have the, uh, the, you know, crazy outfit, uh, or, you know, or a certain hat or haircut uh -huh. or whatever it is right. to, I tried to do my best to go under the radar. And uh -huh. So it's cool when the people do spot me that is because they are actual friends or, you uh -huh. know, recognize me from the show or something uh -huh. like that. So, yeah, everybody loves you. My last, my last two funny bone experiences, I was still drinking and there was, it was bad nights, <laughs> bad nights. Right. They wanted to throw me out and it was just, I don't get along with the funny bone. Yeah. <laughs> That's me personally though. Um, so, how can people find you? Uh, everywhere. Uh, Spotify, Google, Apple, podcasting, wherever you're getting your podcasting at, you can find the show. Mm -hmm. uh, rockpaperpodcast.com is the hub for all things. Uh, I got uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whatever. So, mm -hmm. uh, And if you want to reach me on my email, it's rockpaperpodcast at gmail. So cool. I'm, uh, I would love to hear from you guys. and. It's uh, I always say it. I don't get a lot of emails. I don't get a lot of feedback. But people, you know, I do. I see the numbers. People are listening. I just don't get a lot of people letting me know. You're but ranking on Apple and so that that was weird. Like to 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 see that. Like I mean, it does it changes weekly. But the fact that like my name was up there for the like whatever top two hundred of on app. Like it was really strange to. I'm like of all the or three hundred whatever it was, but all all the podcasts there are in the world like. Uh -huh. Somehow I'm up there for the week, so that felt good. Yeah, absolutely. I told you. Yeah. Radio gold, yeah. baby. Radio <laughs> gold. <laughs> so uh, do you have anybody else you'd like to shamelessly plug? I know you've plugged a lot of joints in St. Louis here already. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan, man. That's what I uh, – so I'm happy to talk about my friends, uh, and that's why I continue to do the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, check out uh, – Stone Dog Show. Uh, Gabe's been putting a lot of work on that, and mm -hmm. I've been having fun. Again, it's a fun show. He's kind of, you know, I feel like same thing with you. Like, he's a guy that was talking about doing it for a long time, and I'm just like, he would always have ideas for me to do on my show, and I'm like, just do your own show, man. Like, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't want to do that stuff on mine. It just right. was off-brand for me, and I'm like, uh -huh. you do it, and I'll help you out, and he finally did it. So, it's a uh, hilarious show. Yeah, it's, it's a good time, and it's cool to see him kind of coming into his own with it and mm -hmm. he's uh 
it's it's fun. So I'm uh, I just get to occasionally uh, you know I'm not there every week, but he has me uh, sit in quite often, and uh-huh. it's fun to be something completely different than rock paper podcast too. You know, it's uh-huh. like. I, I get to be a lot more silly. I mean, I'm always having fun with it either way, but I get to mainly let Gabe do his thing, and I just kind of make fun of him for it. So yeah, that that'd be nice. Just just show up and not have to right. do any production, yeah. nothing. You just you just log in and do right. it. Yeah. Anybody else? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's uh, there's probably a lot of like we we'd probably be here all day if I, but uh, <laughs> yeah. those, um. I don't know. It's kind of weird, man. Like I said, like think, obviously be, I'd have a lot more to talk about as far as like plugs wise if we were out getting to do all the fun stuff we want to do. But mm-hmm. but yeah, get out and support local business and local music as much as possible because these, um, you know, unfortunately we're we're losing a lot of it. There's already venues closing up and things, and I mean, it's sad. You know, I don't want to see our this whole industry go away and stuff. You know, so I really hope we can get back to a normalcy again and because i'm kind of surprised i haven't like had some sort of breakdown from not having shows and stuff in my life as much as i but i've been hanging in there every now and then i get something like a little acoustic on a patio type of show or something Uh like that and give my scratch that itch a little bit but uh i I just did a birthday party this last saturday and it it was good it was odd but it was good not odd because of anything at the at the birthday party, it was just odd actually performing sure. again. You know, it was just so weird. Yeah. So I, I really hope, um, you know, that it's not another year before we can do all that fun stuff again. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know we're uh, we're just sitting in the studio. Is what we're going to do. I think that's, a, right. that's, that's what everybody's doing. Yeah. You know? yeah. Try to plan for a big year next year, like the year we, we thought we were going to have this year. But everything <laughs> right. everything's a year off now. Right. Um. So yeah, so I once again, man, I just appreciate you and and I and I hope you know how much the St. Louis music and St. Louis just St. Louis in general loves you and appreciates you and you inspire so many and you you're an inspiration for me to even do this, you know. Um this is like you said about gay. I mean, this has been a thought of mine for couple years now, but it's like ah 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 and every time I talk to you about it, you're like just do it. Just yeah. if you're going to do it, be consistent, you sure. know, and, that, and you, you gave me some really good advice. So I really appreciate you. Man. Yeah, man. I, well, I'm glad you did it. And I'm, I'm real proud of, of you and to see what, all the success you've already uh, got for yourself. Uh, and, but I get a lot, like, you know, I guess people, people see me out there doing it and they're like, how do I do that? How do I, um, and, and that's exactly what I tell them, grab a mic, grab a buddy or whatever you got to do and have fun to like it's there's nothing to it it's very low cost and and everything but it's it's incredibly fun man it's exciting to be a part of it and uh and you never know where it could take you so that's what i always say too like i always that's one of my biggest things people like you know talk about my me preparing and everything else and i'll whatever it is and i'm just like i like press and record and see what happens like i, I just never know where that conversation is going to take us or who's going to listen or what you know what kind of feedback it's going to get or whatever it is. It's just, it's exciting the unknown about it all. So, yeah. Well, that's, it's, it's definitely a learning process, you know, um, it has been for me. It's like every, every episode I've done, there's been some kind of hurdle yeah. that has come from it, you know, and you told me, you said, just keep doing it, man. You'll make mistakes and you'll solve problems. And yeah. Keep going, you know? we, we went for the longest time with just one mic and I mean, it worked, but it's so much 
when we when I was able to finally break down and get some uh, equipment and stuff, I mean, help take it to the next level and mm-hmm. and actually upgrade the you know production quality and of it all, and it's just uh, made the world a difference. But you know, we we struggled for a long time trying to figure out what we were going to do, and mm-hmm. even uh, even that, and like in um, six years, I'm still plugging away trying to figure out the best way to do things and th- hey this idea kind of worked and that one didn't and right but uh so yeah i mean and that's the thing with, with technology is constantly evolving too so you're just trying to keep up the best you can like i said adding zoom to it now and all this like yeah so but it's fun man it's it's uh I'm, I'm, i encourage anybody that's listening if you've been thinking about it just go do it so this is the time everybody's yeah. doing it everybody's breaking into it i think i might have mentioned something to you about it before but I remember seeing um, Kevin Smith live at the and uh, and he does a podcast and and he he talks about it a lot uh, how like he likes to record with his mom and friends and I've been trying to get more into that like I'm, it's one of my like a big thing I kind of regret that I and uh, mom did sit on in on one and I have a little bit of her voice recorded on there but I always try to get her to do a just one on one conversation and she was always kind of weird about it like I don't you know, what am I going to talk about and kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and so I kind of regret that I didn't, wasn't able to make that happen. I wasn't able to, I also talked about trying to do it with my grandparents and that mm-hmm. never happened either. And they're both gone. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so there's that kind of, uh, but like, I wish I had those conversations recorded and preserved. And, and that's kind of what Kevin was talking about. Like he's glad that he has this stuff preserved. You know, he's like, if he's gone or his mom's gone or whatever, he has all these, conversations recorded and digital and uh and you can look back on them whenever and stuff and he was saying the sound of um that when as as you get older and the memory starts to slip the sound of somebody's voice is usually the first memory to go and mm-hmm. and that kind of hit me man i was like man there's so we, we can do so much more with this platform than just goofy having laughs mm-hmm. and stuff i mean it could be very powerful for somebody and therapeutic and sense and and um you got me. Now I'm going to go down uh, and interview my mom. I mean, yeah. I mean, but like I've, I've, uh, you know, we, as we all know, we've, uh, a good friend of, uh, the scene, like Matt Amalong, you know, he, he, he'd been on the show several times and, and then recently passed. And I was, I shared his episode again, not trying to like cash in on like a people, but I'm like, listen to when he was, listen to when he was happy and, and positive. And like, it wasn't, you know, we don't think of him as this, as when he was sick and stuff, we can listen to how passionate he was about St. Louis music. And, and so that was a really cool moment for yeah. me to get to like share that again and say, look like, and they, these conversations live on forever, man. So, yeah. uh, so those moments like that, like I'm really proud of what I've been able to accomplish with the show and, and, uh, I want pe- more people to do that kind of fun stuff. So, but yeah. So uh, you just inspired me oh, again. There, I'm there sitting is, here listening man. to Do you, it. man. You yeah. just freaking inspired me again. <laughs> I'm going to go interview my mom. Yeah, man. I would love to hear that. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate you so much. Thank I love you, you man. And thank love you for you, everything man. you've done for me and for St. Louis music and just St. Louis in general. Thank but, you, Joe. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Yeah.